0: and experience are inseparably yoked to a vast, wet, chemical-electrical network called the nervous system. The machinery is utterly alien to us, and yet somehow it is us. The Tremendous Magic In 1949, Arthur Alberts traveled from his home in Yonkers, New York to villages between the Gold Coast and Timbuktu in West Africa. He brought his wife, a camera, a jeep, and because of his love of music, a jeep-powered tape recorder. Wanting to open the ears of the Western world, he recorded some of the most important music ever to come out of Africa. But Alberts ran into social troubles while using the tape recorder. One West African native heard his voice played back, and accused Alberts of, quote, stealing his tongue. Alberts only narrowly averted being pummeled by taking out a mirror and convincing the man that his tongue was still intact. It's not difficult to see why the natives found the tape recorder so counterintuitive. A vocalization seems ephemeral and ineffable. It's like opening a bag of feathers which scatter on the breeze and can never be retrieved. Voices are weightless and odorless, something you cannot hold in your hand. So it comes as a surprise that a voice is physical. If you build a little machine sensitive enough to detect tiny compressions of the molecules in the air, you can capture these density changes and reproduce them later. We call these machines microphones, and every one of the billions of radios on the planet is proudly serving up bags of feathers once thought irretrievable. When Alberts played the music back from the tape recorder, one West African tribesman depicted the feat as tremendous magic. And so it goes with thoughts. What exactly is a thought? It doesn't seem to weigh anything. It feels ephemeral and ineffable. You wouldn't think that a thought has a shape or smell or any sort of physical instantiation. Thoughts seem to be a kind of tremendous magic. But just like voices, thoughts are underpinned by physical stuff. We know this because alterations to the brain change the kinds of thoughts we can think. In a state of deep sleep, there are no thoughts. When the brain transitions into dream sleep, there are unbidden, bizarre thoughts. During the day, we enjoy our normal, well-accepted thoughts, which people enthusiastically modulate by spiking the chemical cocktails of the brain with alcohol, narcotics, cigarettes, coffee, physical exercise. The state of the physical material determines the state of the thoughts. And the physical material is absolutely necessary for normal thinking to tick along. If you were to injure your pinky in an accident, you'd be distressed, but your conscious experience would be no different. By contrast, if you were to damage an equivalently sized piece of brain tissue, this might change your capacity to understand music name animals, see colors, judge risk, make decisions, read signals from your body, or understand the concept of a mirror. And in this way, it unmasks the strange, veiled workings of the machinery beneath. Our hopes, dreams, aspirations, fears, comic instincts, great ideas, fetishes, senses of humor and desires— all emerge from this strange organ. And when the brain changes, so do we. So although it's easy to intuit that thoughts don't have a physical basis, that they are something like feathers on the wind, they in fact depend directly on the integrity of the enigmatic three-pound mission control center. The first thing we learn From studying our own circuitry is a simple lesson. Most of what we do and think and feel is not under our conscious control.